Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another podcast. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. This one should be a little bit quieter. I'm actually recording this one at home. This is a topic that I wanted to talk about for quite some time and just finding the right time for it. Um, it it's going to be lengthier um, than normal, I think. It might be quicker. I might be able to just get to the points. But um, one thing that I get a lot, especially with sharing my journey online, is the question, how did you start or how did you lose 300 pounds? And it's always been a simple answer uh, in regards to what people are looking for. It boils it down to, oh, you had the surgery, so that's how you lost 320 pounds. And it's always bothered me because I felt like my transformation was so much more than that. Like, I lost 320 pounds and I had the surgery, but losing 320 pounds had little to do with having the surgery. The surgery definitely helped me get me started, but in putting me in a position to lose 320 pounds, you know, get to 12% body fat. I felt like the surgery kind of kick-started things, but it invited me to actually address what I had been dealing with my entire life, which is the food addiction, the food dependency, how I was wired to deal with and cope with emotions and stress and everything in between, um, the food education that I did not have in regards to carbs and sugar and, you know, what foods are within you know a a healthy amount of like I go to McDonald's and I have 7,000 calories in one sitting I don't have the food education to know that hey I'm having this this and that and it's equaling 7,000 calories and so it's it's been on my mind lately kind of thinking about that initial question and I realized that hopefully someone comes across this podcast and and gets the picture of what it really looks like as far as the transformation. And for me, I've, I waited to share my journey for about two and a half years. I got to my goal weight and then I started sharing online. I have a lot of respect for those that are sharing their journey along the way and processing that entire journey. For me, myself, I, I've always been kind of a, a negative thinker that I didn't think I could do it. And I was so paranoid that it wouldn't happen that I didn't want to document something that I thought I would fail at. I've noticed recently, especially after uh, having Presley and noting that, n- noticing that sleep deprivation is really messing with my hormones and water retention and the scale moving up and down, I've kind of been not as motivated to share just because I'm really I'm concerned about how the scale has been fluctuating. And it's been a real test as far as, you know, hey, you lost weight. Well, you know, they say within the first five years, um, you know, you're, you're going to gain it a con- considerable amount back. And so I'm approaching five years in July. So it's kind of been like that. Okay, I got to hold on to it until July and then it's going to get get downhill. And I know that's an improper thinking, but that's how I've approached it, that I've got to I got to continue to maintain. So it stays and it, it it's something that is for good. And so, you know, the issue that I've been having with documenting my journey relates with how I started in not actually sharing my journey for the first two and a half years, just because I didn't know if I was actually going to make it. I didn't know if I was actually going to lose the weight um, because I had a real problem. I mean, 33 years of improper tendencies with food, stress, um, you know, not food education, not dealing with the mental health. I had a lot of things that I did not know. And so when I get the question, how did you lose the weight? Um, I feel like that's not a simple answer. And I feel like there's no way for me to actually contextualize in a paragraph or a few paragraphs what that actually looks like for me to lose 320 pounds, maintain it now five years out, get down to 12% body fat and be able to push myself when all odds are against me and everything is asking me to 
take it easy or, or to quit, you know, things out of my control. Like I talked about my hormones being all, all out of whack because of sleep deprivation. I've been doing a lot of research about that because my the weight on the scale is up seven, eight pounds. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything different. I'm working out I'm six days a week. Uh, I'm not eating crazy. It's not like I'm binge eating or, or you know, eating crazy. Like what's going on? And you know, coming to the realization that it, sleep deprivation does mess with your hormones and that I've got to be patient with the process. I've seen the scale move in the right direction uh, recently because I've been able to kind of adapt and learn. But, you know, the process of, well, how did you lose the weight? Well, I lost 320 pounds. Uh, how I started was the weight loss surgery. I had the gastric bypass because I needed it, not because it was an option for me, uh, not because it was elective where I went into a clinic and was like, hey, can you cut me up a little bit? And forced me to have vitamins for the rest of my life and um, all, all kinds of issues, all kinds of deficiency, potential issues. It wasn't that at all. And my doctor said, listen, I don't, I'm not going to be surprised if you're not here in six months. You're going to have to do something now or I, you probably won't be here in six months. And so it was detrimental to my health for me to be the size that I was. And I had tried everything. And you have to understand the mental space that I'm in at 534 pounds, spending 33 years being on a diet or trying to lose weight everything looks impossible. So the weight loss surgery became the best option for me at that time. And so that's how I started my journey. But the weight loss surgery did nothing about my food addiction. It did nothing about getting me to work out. It did nothing about having me push through to obstacles. You know, the same things that all, a lot of us, all of us feel in regards to turning around our health is, is what I feel as well. You know, and for me, I thought, and initially, hey, I had the weight loss surgery. I can't actually respectably share my journey online. I can't share with anybody that I've lost weight or I can't be really an inspiration because I quote unquote cheated. I took an easy way out. And I've slowly realized the reason why I share the way I do and why I'm kind of unapologetically okay with sharing uh, a weight loss transformation program that doesn't actually involve surgery is because the amount of things that I dealt with along the way has equipped me to speak from a point of understanding what it takes to actually lose weight. Um, that, you know, when the tool, when the weight loss surgery regulates, because it does, and you don't have that assistance uh, anymore as far as, I don't have a, um, uh, that, that they talk about you're fuller faster so that you don't take in as many calories. Um, there's certain surgeries that either restrict your eating or bypass for me, I don't have any restriction. Um, I could eat as I did at 534 pounds without any problem. Um, I can sit and mow through 12 to 1300 uh, calories of mangoes. I have before, um, and I, I can do that with no restriction. So, you know, the bad habits can definitely take me back to where I was, but there's a lot of things that I've conquered and a lot of things that I've pushed through along the way. And so that's, that question, you know, well, how did you lose the weight? Honestly, for me, it's, the, I mean, the answer for me now, and it's probably not something that sits well with too many people, I dealt with the mental health side of things. I provided myself with a food education that equipped me to make better choices. And one of the last things that I'm going to mention now that I'm five years out is um, the surgery. And it's not that I'm avoiding the surgery topic. Uh, in fact, the surgery topic actually motivates me. I think a lot of folks were like, well, how do you stay motivated? And I, I did a recent post on Instagram about motivation. But really what motivates me deep down is that I get messages all the time that I took the easy way out, that I uh, cheated. And so what motivates me to continue on this journey now five years, and I'm going to go six and 10 and 15 years, 
to have that conversation of at some point, when does the surgery not play a factor in me being 12% body fat and maintaining 320 pounds lost? I mean, at what point does it settle in that this had little to do with the surgery now, but yes, I got started with it, but it has little to do with how I am where I am today. Um, It's going to be a battle that I'll always face. It's always going to be something, oh, you had the surgery. And it's something that I always carry with me. Um, It's always a conversation that I'm having with companies to where they don't want to feature me. They don't want to talk about my story because I had the surgery, that I didn't do it naturally. And because I didn't do it naturally, then I don't know essentially what it takes to overcome a major obstacle because I had an easy route through it. And while that's offensive and while that's bothersome, I understand it to their audience and what they want to do. But really, if, if the question is, well, how did you lose the weight? I dealt with the mental health. I dealt with what mentally inca- incapacitated me from understanding the truth of why I made decisions in regard to stress and emotions and everything in between. Um, well, how did you lose the weight? I finally got the food education that I needed to actually thrive and make good decisions when it comes to food. That, you know, and I just talked about recently added sugar or processed sugar. You know, processed and added sugar, we talk all about carbs, but we don't talk too much about added or processed sugar. And that stuff messes with your hormones, that messes with your cravings, that messes with your the dopamine releases as far as joy or satiation or enjoyment that you have in food. So if there's a higher processed sugar, a higher added sugar amount, you're going to have that good feeling of that good taste of that added sugar and that's going to release dopamine that's going to keep you wanting to come back for more. So when you have this craving that you just don't understand, it all has to do with stuff that's added to your food that's just not supposed to. And added sugars is, you know, one of the things that you've got to be very mindful of. In fact, before watching carbohydrates on your journey, I would absolutely watch sugars, added sugars. Not so much sugars in the sense, oh, I can't have strawberries, they've got sugar, or I can't have fruit because it has sugar. No, the added sugars, the processed sugars, the refined sugars, those are the things to be mindful of and to be watching out for because those will actually have a lot to do with your cravings and when it comes down to it when you're providing some sort of restriction to your body the restriction is going to bring about some sort of desire for something else and if you have these uncontrollable cravings because it's led by these added and processed sugar it's going to be very difficult to overcome and so i would definitely encourage to actually focus on the sugar above the carbohydrates Uh, the weight loss program that i put together has a lot about food education has a lot about uh, the mental health side of things, um, but it also talks um, to the fact that carbohydrates aren't the enemy and that carbohydrates aren't bad. It's utilizing the food that you eat to th- help you thrive and do what you need to do for your day-to-day operation. Whatever you need to do in life, whatever your caloric intake is, provide it with the right nutrition so that you can do what you need to do and to be very mindful of the artificial stuff, be mindful of the added sugar and the processed sugar. It's not that I'm on a zero processed sugar uh, diet, like if it's got processed sugar, I'm not having it, but I'm very mindful on what I have and I'm very mindful on when I get a protein bar at Costco, if I'm looking at the protein bar, it's got a good amount of protein, but then the added sugar is above the protein, I'm not gonna get it. For me on my journey, additional sugar that is higher than protein, it's just not valuable to me in regards to what I value, value the, the quality of food that I'm going to have and put in my house and, you know, what I'm going to put in my body. You know, focusing on whole foods and fruits, vegetables, uh, good quality protein, that's important. But in regards to like protein bars and different stuff like that, it's very, it's very important to be mindful of that. So um, the journey itself, 
however you go about it, whether you're someone that's coming from a surgery background. I know some of you are in a kind of a pre-surgery or the pre-op process. Uh, just know that your journey of losing weight, however it starts, including the surgery, it will have little to do with what actually keeps you consistent on the journey three, five, seven, ten years down the line. The, the, the question, how did you start? You can talk about how you start and you can have a conversation about how you start. But really, I think how you start is almost, it can be dangerous. Um, I'll tell you why. I started once with HCG and I put drops underneath the tongue and I lost 60 pounds in 30 days. I've mentioned this before. But if somebody asked me, how did you start losing 60 pounds? I could have said HCG and somebody would have done it. And it's very dangerous. That was probably the most dangerous thing for my liver. I, I, I actually immediately, pretty quickly after I got off of that, I had uh, some liver issues. I had some processing kidney issues in regards to, I had gout and gout was actually pretty bad because of the detrimental things that I was doing in regards to my diet and weight loss process. But somebody asked me how I started in HCG and somebody would have followed and probably hurt themselves uh, just as much as I hurt myself in regards to that. And so the conversation of how did you start, um, it's important because we can hear about different people's journeys, but I think the more important question that should be out there is what are you doing to maintain or what is your long-term lifestyle plan or what are you doing to have a long-term approach to your weight loss to keep it off? Because, I mean, what's the point of losing 50 pounds just to gain it back? Like, I've got to lose 50 pounds to fit in this particular outfit by the wedding. Okay, well, when the wedding's over, are we keeping it off or just going back to where you were? And that struggle, that, I mean, that struggle of losing the 50 pounds, do you want to go through that again? I went through the vicious cycle of losing and gaining and that depression that just hits when you gain weight and you realize that you've gained weight and things don't fit anymore. It's just, it's uh, at times it's unbearable. At times it's just too much. And so, why go through that endless cycle of gain, lose, gain, lose, when you can lose and, you know, there might be a bounce back of a couple pounds, five or 10 pounds, but if you're losing 100 pounds and all of a sudden you're putting 75 back on, going through that whole process is tiring and, and just draining, but you're losing weight and understanding the principles along the way for mental health and for nutritional education, getting that stuff down so that when you get to your goal weight, then you're understanding, okay, what can I do to maintain and keep this off long-term? You know, yes, I, Dusty, started in July 2016 at the recommendation of my doctor with a gastric bypass surgery. But the gastric bypass surgery, five years later, has little to nothing to do with what I'm doing to maintain. I don't have any kind of restriction. I don't have any kind of limitation on to what I can eat. I can easily down five to 6,000 calories, easily, because I now have the nutritional education on, wow, I could have that in a very high quantity, and that calorie amount could be very, very detrimental for my overall goals. And so I'm making nutritional and mental health decisions now five years out that have nothing to do with the surgery. And so if you are coming from the background of having surgery, know that it has little to do five years later with the, the decisions that you're going to make, and that's important. And that's really why I believe that this is an important topic to talk about, and it's a good voice to say is that folks will get into doing the surgery thinking it's going to solve life's weight issues. It's not. Uh, folks are going to go into the surgery and, hey, I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to keep it off. It's going to be pretty difficult to just keep it off just like that. The maintenance is just as hard, if not harder, than losing the weight. 
and I know I went through the torturous process of two and a half years of um, 320 pounds later, it, it, it's a torturous process. Um, you know, getting the surgery, it's going to cure everything that got me to my top weight. It's not. It's not. It's not. The, the stress eating, the emotional eating. When tough times and stress comes, how I processed before, it's still how I understand how to process now, but it's me taking a breath and saying, that's how it was before, and that's what led me down the hill of gaining the weight that I did, and I've got to process differently. And there are different ways. I've done a food uh, food addiction kind of food dependency uh, podcast episode recently, so if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, go back a couple episodes. I talk about food addiction, food dependency, transferring addiction, a couple different ways that I've approached trying to overcome and, and what I've kind of understood along the way to kind of help myself. But really, I, I want to provide some sort of encouragement and education in regards to the journey itself that no matter how you start, I'm keto, I'm Whole30, I'm the Mediterranean diet, I've had the surgery, I've had a surgery revision, I've tried the surgery, I've gained some back, I'm having now having a revision to have the uh, more extreme version of the, the surgery. Whatever you're going to do, that is going to be, that is going to have little to do with how you maintain it five years later. How you start and how you maintain are actually very, very different. Because how you start, you're at a calorie de- deficit, meaning you are very restrictive. You can have 2,000 calories, and if you want to lose weight, you've got to go down to 1,800, figuratively speaking. Well, you can always focus on going on a deficit. Well, if I don't eat this, then I'm at a deficit. When you get down to your maintenance, you're no longer at a deficit. You're no longer needing to lose weight. You're just simply trying to maintain And when you're at the bottom, the only way you can go is up. And so the difficulty of maintaining that, seeing maybe a couple pounds, five or 10 pounds fluctuate up on the scale and not freaking out and going on some super extreme starvation just to get back to your original goal weight, the start and the middle of it, very different. And so, you know, my journey online, I'm always going to be faced with the, well, how did you lose the weight? And I'm going to answer, and I'm going to answer uh, exactly as I have been answering, that in 2016, 534 pounds, and I'll talk about my journey, and I'll always get, and I'll continue to always get, and they'll probably still continue to motivate me, oh, you had the surgery, that's how you lost it. And that's just not the case. It's just, it's not how it is. And I'm sure there's going to be a lengthier, probably YouTube video in the future about this, or a lengthier topic about this, maybe even have a couple people on this podcast, some have had the surgery, some have not and have an open discussion about it. But how was dealing with the mental health? How was getting the education needed to make smarter decisions in the kitchen? That if I'm going to go um, have breakfast, I'm going to focus uh, me personally on a higher protein breakfast because protein has a um, proven effect of keeping you satiated or fuller longer. Didn't know that before. I was so focused on the... uh, accessories for breakfast, uh, the carb-rich accessories, rather than focusing on protein first. And so because I have a protein first mentality with my breakfast, I have that satiation, I have that fuller feeling longer. And so I'm able to approach my day better. Uh, The food education side of things is, hey, if I'm waking up for er work three hours earlier than I normally do, that's three hours more of a window that I could eat and add on to my calories. So the food education, mental health side of things is, okay, I need to approach 
my day of eating a little bit different than I did before because I'm waking up three hours earlier because now I have a new job that's working East Coast time. Before, I would just simply, oh, I'm waking up three hours earlier. Ooh, that means I can have breakfast earlier. I got excited about food to where the sooner I got up, the sooner I got to eat. I got excited about it. That was me. That was me. That was me. And so now the food education side of things is approaching it different of, hey, I'm going to wake up three hours earlier. That's a three-hour larger window of eating, meaning more calories could probably be involved with intaking. So I could probably potentially gain some weight and be at a calorie surplus if I'm not paying attention to what I'm eating before, you know, between the hours of 5 and 8 a.m., the surgery didn't teach me that. The surgery didn't give me any education on approaching things in a more constructive way that would help me be beneficial. And um, it's just important to really think about how this is going to turn out five years from now. Whatever you're on, whatever journey you're on, whether you're starting, whether you're in the middle of it, what does it look like five years from now? And write it down. I think one of the recent podcasts I did was about journaling and the power of journaling. If I could just encourage you, if you don't get a journal online, um, you know, I've made a bunch of Amazon journals and encourage folks to get uh, journals through Amazon, if not the ones that I've created, uh, but get something that will help you. If you just need to get a piece of paper or the notes up on your phone, write down and strategize on how your journey looks five years from now. The food education side, the mental health, what the coping mechanisms are in regards to your food and how you deal with food and how you approach it. And everything in between, approaching it with a constructive look of how I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Because it's a vicious cycle of gaining and losing, gaining and losing, gaining and losing. It's draining. It's debilitating. It's, I wish you could see my face right now. It's, I don't miss that. I don't miss that. And so maybe a little bit of struggle now so I don't go through that is worth it. But it's just the gaining and losing for 33 years. It just, it was so draining. It was so, God, just sucks the life out of you. So um, just know that, and you know, kind of end with this point, you know, just know that how you start the journey and how you maintain are going to be very different. Uh, getting a long-term approach or understanding a long-term approach to your goal is going to be really important. And um, just know that if you've had the surgery, uh, if you're about to have the surgery, never let the conversation be directed to, oh, you lost the weight and you're keeping it off because of the surgery, because that's just not the case. Sure, you're going to lose weight with the surgery. It does provide restriction. Absolutely. Don't negate that whatsoever that it does. And it did help me get started because I needed it. But five years later, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, when I maintain and I have my body fat percentage at a certain way, it's going to have little to nothing to do with the surgery. It's simply going to be Hey, how did you start? Or how did you lose the weight? How did you lose 320 pounds? That for me is, I, I dealt with the mental health that got me to my top weight. And I finally provided myself with some food education and exercise education on what to do and how to conquer, you know, what was debilitating and what was getting me to 534 pounds before. So hoping to provide some sort of encouragement. Uh, thank you for um, those of you that listen to this podcast and take the moment I'm hoping to do a little bit more, some topical stuff, and of course have my wife back on. Uh, special shout out to those of you supporting the podcast on a monthly basis. That definitely helps. 
Um, as far as next moves, I'm going to um, be doing another podcast. It's going to talk about a little bit more into food addiction and uh, a little bit more into kind of the, the, the different facets of food addiction. But also, I want to do another episode on how to start a diet and different way to approach it. I want to do another episode about how to prepare yourself for bariatric surgery, how to prepare yourself for the keto diet, how to prepare yourself for the Weight Watchers, everything in between. I'd like to provide that so that way someone could plug into the episode and kind of get ready for it. Have I done keto? I haven't, but there's a lot of information that I've gathered along my journey that could help prepare you for the journey and prepare you to go. And then documenting our move across the country. We're getting um, to be about two and a half, three weeks away from moving. And so we are in the process of packing up and moving things to where they need to go and tearing down the Fineway garage. So uh, documenting that process. And to be honest with you, I'm probably going to have a lot of podcast topics driving because uh, I'm going to be driving from California to the um, our final destination so I think it's like 33 hours. So we're going to do a 33-hour uh, podcast. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about everything. Um, but uh, some exciting stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. And uh, thank you guys again for listening to the podcast. And I'll talk to you on the next one. Take care.